0: I want to give a shout out to Kraken. With Kraken, you can instantly buy and sell over 50 of the most popular cryptocurrencies or earn additional rewards through their industry-leading staking service. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% each year. Visit kraken.com now to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Scoop. We've got a very special Coinbase S1-related episode for you folks. We're going to be digging in deep into the S1 filing they put out bright and early at 7:30, around 7.30 a.m., and we've got on the other side of the mic the inimitable, the one and only Big Daddy Larry, director of news at The Block. He's going to be sharing... And we're going to be going back and forth a little bit on on what we find the most interesting in this document, which highlights exactly how Coinbase is going to tap the public markets on NASDAQ, Um, uh, assuming uh, that's happening in the coming weeks. We don't know the exact date, digs into their financials. We have data on their acquisitions that we've never had before. We know how much of the company is owned by various shareholders, deep look into the cap table. We're gonna get into all of that, but but first, Larry, I just want to say, uh, you know, you've been waiting for this for a while. I think you're a little upset that it came this early. Uh, I, I try to give you a heads up um, when I kind of was. Uh, I, I woke up a little late and kind of pinged you and Yogita and was like, "Hey, this is coming," and you were like, "Oh, geez, no, it can't possibly coming. It can't possibly be coming today." But but here it is. What were uh, some of the things like? um, you were really hoping to, to find in this, um, uh, S1 and what were the results?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I, you know, we've been looking for this for several months now. I think they announced, uh, the intention sometimes in December. Um, so it's been a while we've been, uh, uh, patiently waiting for this moment, but, you know, obviously we were preparing some, uh, some research and stuff, so it wasn't super great timing today, but, you know, it was uh, the S1 is was interesting mainly because it is the first look into a proper exchange business that we have at this point. Um, as you know, most of the exchange businesses right now are private, um, and they're very hesitant in, in sharing any data. So basically, all we have right now is is volumes for all the all the private exchanges, uh, and then the insights that they give you themselves. Uh, you know, number of users. You can look at like web traffic. So there is some data you can go by, but there really wasn't a great financial insight into what was happening at at these exchanges. And so this S1 really helps with that. right? So first thing, obviously, we we now know how much money Coinbase makes, how much it generates. Uh, We know that uh, last year in 2020, they generated about $1.3 billion in revenue. Um, and we know how much you know they generated the year before and about how much their expenses are. So the expenses are about $500 million, a little bit higher than I expected initially. Um, but, but the revenue is kind of, uh, according to my expectations, I was guessing some, some, something between like 1.2, 1.5. Um, so it makes total sense. Uh, what also is really interesting is uh, just looking at how transactional the business is. And then we've also known that, but we didn't really know to which extent. Uh, so as you know, you know Coinbase has multiple different business lines, but obviously generates the vast majority of their money from transaction fees. Um, and we found out today that it's um, about 96% of the revenue, which is a little bit higher than I thought. Actually, um, you know, they have the coin, they have the the custody business. They have you know a bunch of other revenue generating models, but but now it's like incredibly clear that they rely almost 100% on transaction revenue. Um, and so what's that, also... that top
0: line? What's that top line number for their revenues? If ninety percent is transactional,
1: yeah, um, I would have to check. But uh, you know, about like I said, one point three billion dollars in revenue last year. So you know, ninety-six percent of that is, is coming from transaction fees. Um, but one good thing about that is that uh, when you actually have have these numbers and know that they're almost purely transactional. Uh, it helps analysts like myself and, and the team to really like relatively easily deduce what the revenues are, uh, even though we're, when they're not disclosing it, right? Because when you know what the actual ratio is between uh, the revenue and volume, and we now have perfect revenue numbers for quarterly data, and we also have perfect volume data for uh, for all the quarterly numbers. So, you know, when you, when you divide those numbers, you get a ratio. And then based on the volume that's coming in right now, you can estimate how much uh, Coinbase is actually generating, while they're not even disclosing those numbers. So that helps. Uh, that helps a lot. Uh, uh, that helps you know the team a lot. Uh, but what we can deduce from that is that uh, you know Coinbase, like I said, it was 1.3 billion dollars last year. But you have to realize most of that volume came in in Q4 last year, right? There was that the big spike uh, when Bitcoin started running up. Um, But now in Q1, the volume is actually much, much higher than it was in Q4, even even though Q4 was the best quarter last year. Um, So the volume actually right now is about like four times higher uh, than it was in Q1, uh, than it it was last quarter, Q4. And what that means is that Coinbase is just generating enormous amount of money. Um, I I ran some numbers and it means that this quarter, they'll likely generate more than $2 billion alone in revenue. Uh, So which is, you know, about two times more than what they generated last year alone. Um, so,
0: one of the things you picked up on uh, this morning was the breakdown of volumes coming from retail and institutional users of their platform. Yeah. It looks like we've seen th- that's probably changed again, right? We're only looking at 2020 data here, but you know the the, the share of retail folks on the platform shrank from 80.4 percent to 36 um, yep. percent from Q1 2018 to Q4 2020, which may not come as a surprise, right? If we think about the broader backdrop of institutions coming in and a lot of the um, big Bitcoin purchases that they kind of have been supporting, most notably through uh, or rather with MicroStrategy. Was that a surprise to you, the fact that it's it's only 30% or 36% coming from retail users? Does that mean, you know, this is an institutional business now?
1: Yeah, honestly, it was a little bit surprising. So like you said, I mean, we all knew that there's much more institutional money coming in right now. And we all knew that the run was sparked by institutional money. Uh, you know, But it's it was mostly anecdotal data. Like, you know, you talk to NIDIC, you talk to Coinbase. They kind of tell us about these companies that are getting exposure, these funds, hedge funds. Uh, We never quite really had any data, though. So that's what really helped in this S1 is that what what Coinbase did is that they break down the category into individual investors that registrate as a a regular person and then, you know, the rest. So all the companies, all the institutional investors. And, uh, you know, I I did expect it to drop, but I didn't expect it to drop this much, like 30%. Uh, from retail is is very little when you compare it to, you know, 80% plus that was in, in 2017 and early 2018. Um, so, so it did surprise me that it is this low. Uh, but like you said, you know, uh, the, the S1 only included data up to the last quarter, up to Q4. Uh, Q1 is actually, I think, going to pick up slightly, you know, we track a, a number of these indicators on, on the box dashboard where we look at like, you know number of website visits we look at uh, you know views on youtube new followers on, on accounts and we've seen a massive uptick in, in retail users in q1 so uh, so i'm sure that the ratio will actually increase slightly but it's still quite surprising to me that it's that low and and what it really allows us to do is just have this like great data point to show people like you know we're not making this up it used to be a meme that that institutions are coming And, you know, people like laughed at us like Mm -hmm, four or five months ago. And and now, you know, you can show them this graph and and just tell them like, you know, it's here. It's the largest exchange.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I'll I'll be honest, you know, three, four months ago, I was kind of very skeptical of the institutions allocating Bitcoin on their balance sheet um, phenomenon. I thought it was just this weird Michael Saylor character. But as we see in... And not only the S one, but Brett—I'm um, going to butcher his last name—but basically, their head of institutional sales, um, a guy who joined from Barclays, he put out a blog post yesterday that kind of outlined how they have a number of big, uh, you know, public companies, Fortune 500 companies that um, are looking to purchase Bitcoin through through the exchange. So, I guess the institutions are here. I want to take the conversation. Um, to a higher level really quick um, for listeners who, you know, may not be, you know, a hundred percent privy to what one looks for in an S1 or, or what this necessarily means for the direct listing. Um, and that, that's a whole nother conversation. The fact that this isn't going to be a traditional IPO, but, you know, in looking at this document, it's very long. There's a lot of stuff to break down here, but yep. What, what does this, you know, looking at it, you've been dissecting it for the past few hours. Is this going to be bullish for the upcoming market debut or are, are you now and, you know, it's not a perfect science. We don't have a crystal ball, but are you now yeah. um, anticipating, you know, a, a higher market cap, a higher trading uh, price for the shares when that debut ultimately happens?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, like overall, I actually wasn't as surprised with like the numbers and the results that that they disclosed. So I think it was like pretty in line with what most analysts were thinking about. Um, but you know, to be sure, like we're we're seeing, you know, FTX basically, uh, it's it's implying the valuation of more than hundred billion right now. Well, I, I think you reported on this. I think some of the shares already traded at at around that valuation. And so I, I used to think, you know, like four or five months ago that that valuation was crazy. And it probably was back then, because when you compare it to like all the other, you know, transactional businesses, like like brokerages, like FX markets, stuff like that, um, Coinbase has much higher multiples. And um, I used to, I, I thought back then that, you know, that just means that the, the market is kind of like overheated and people just want to get exposure to this thing. But uh, I'm actually not as sure anymore. Like I already briefly touched on this, but if coinbase keeps up with this with this tempo that they've had in, in the first couple of months of this year that would mean that they generate more than 10 billion dollars in revenue this year and you know 10 billion dollar revenue company you know generating that much money you can almost like justify 100 billion dollars in, in an industry where It's basically the first public company, and you can easily see a lot of institutional investors and and overall just wanting to get exposure to this without getting direct exposure to Bitcoin. So I sort of see it a little bit more now, honestly, and and it's going to be a great thing for the ecosystem.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking about some of the other interesting tidbits um, outside of some of those financials we got information into some of the recent acquisitions, I was kind of surprised at how cheap some of these firms were were acquired for. We've, yep. we've got information on Togomi, the crypto brokerage that they acquired last year. Neutrino, everybody remembers, or I, I would hope remembers, that that fun controversy. That was one of the earlier uh, controversi- controversies we covered um, at the block. I guess that was mid, mid-2019. Um, Zappo, Bison Trails. So... It looks like to, um, Coinbase has kind of gotten in on a, a few good deals, um, or at least that's the way it seems.
1: Yeah, yeah. What I think is important to realize, though, is that if you look at the structure of those deals, they actually disclosed most of that as well. And a lot of it is in stock. Um, so what that means, obviously, you know, they got uh, they got valued at the last round's valuation uh, for Coinbase. So they're probably actually quite happy with, with the acquisition because even though on paper, it looks like, you know, 50, 60, $70 million dollar a Dollar deals. Uh, in reality, if, if Coinbase's valuation is going to go up, you know, from whatever, like 30, 40 billion, what it was before to now more than 100 billion, you're getting a pretty good deal. Um, I, so I was surprised as well. I'm not going to lie. Like the ne- Neutrino acquisition seemed really low. I mean, six million dollars is, is literally nothing. I mean, that's like scraps in this market. And uh, but uh, I, I think a lot of these I, I, I,
0: I hope I hope folks aren't looking at, at that Acquisition value, and then looking at the block and thinking because yeah. you know they were, they were data, they were deep data analytics. So ignore yeah. that, MA folks, ignore that.
1: Uh, yeah, but you know, to be fair, they hit like four or five, uh, four or five employees. It was a really small company based, based out of Italy, I think. So mm-hmm. You know it, it sort of makes sense but it still it still seems relatively low and and what's also interesting is that you know you and i remember when coinbase announced that they're acquiring earn.com uh, balaji's startup and i'm pretty sure that was around 100 million dollars so it is a little bit surprising yeah it is a little bit surprising when you look at like all the other companies and you see like 50 to 70 million but then again i'm i'm, I'm almost convinced that You know, that's because they knew that they're going to go public within a year. And, and, you know, um, these companies and and these executives, I'm, I'm sure, are going to be well off because of that.
0: I want to take a moment to thank Kraken, our sponsor. For the last 10 years, Kraken has been known as one of the best platforms for trading crypto online, whether it's your first trade or your 100th. Kraken has the tools to help you hit your financial goals in crypto. With Kraken, you can instantly buy and sell over 50 of the most popular cryptocurrencies or earn additional rewards through their staking service, which is industry leading. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20. Percent each year. Visit kraken.com now to learn more. Let's look at um, maybe what this means for the broader market, Um, maybe other exchange valuations, maybe tokens in the DeFi world. I'm looking at CoinGecko, got CoinGecko pulled up. Sushi is up 12 percent over the last 24 hours. Let's see what Uniswap is doing. Uni. Uni is up only three percent over the last hour. Three percent over the last twenty-four hours. Do you think that um, this data, um, the the valuation at which Coinbase can ultimately trade, will help, you know, bump up the price of some of these other DeFi exchange tokens, or is that already? Oh, yeah. been
1: yeah, I mean that, that's a really good question. I in in one of my predictions um that I wrote in December last year, that's why I wrote that I think there's going to be some sort of repricing in DeFi and in exchange tokens because of Coinbase. Uh, that's already kind of happened, right? Like we've seen uh, Uni go from probably around ten to about thirty now, uh, so three times increase. It's almost exactly the same for Sushi, um, and for exchange tokens. I mean, you know, you Binance has gone up like four or five four or five x FDX as well. Uh, So almost everything has gone up significantly since then. So I'm not as confident anymore. I think, to your point, a lot of it is going to be priced in already. The market is, like, relatively efficient. And, you know, we we know from FTX what it's going to be trading at with, like, you know, maybe plus, minus 10%. Uh, So people are already expecting this to trade $100 billion. I think what would be more interesting is that if it actually trades lower, like, if if it disappoints everyone, then I think a lot of these valuations would actually start crashing. But I don't think the effect today was actually that big you know on like uni sushi and and some of these other tokens mainly because people expected this to happen uh but you know you could still see i I was watching the market relatively closely as soon as the s1 came out you could see like a five percent run up in bitcoin immediately um and I, i don't think that's because people are just you know anticipating like repricing of other assets i think it's mainly because people are just excited about this being out and as you know like these uh you know, these events usually reach a lot of lot of different people uh, in the traditional market versus just when we talk about Bitcoin. Like this is going to be talked about everywhere for the next like couple of weeks, and especially when it starts trading. Uh, so I think that that's what, uh, you know, happened in, in the market today. Not so much about like repricing some of these. I think a, a lot of that has already happened.
0: And I'm going to be talking with Eric balchinus at Bloomberg, the ETF analyst about, you know, whether or not, or rather how sort of Coinbase can fit into the broader investment landscape. I'd imagine that, you know, funds like ARK Invest and other tech-centric exchange-traded products will now pick up Coinbase um, eventually as as a part of their, um, you know, fund, which definitely is something that could be a boon for the stock. So that's definitely one thing to look out for. And, you know, just generally, this is going to be a proxy for Bitcoin for a lot of investors who maybe see the upside in the space, but are uncomfortable trading that underlying. Um, I don't think there's a better, you know, firm that exists in the market today um, that provides a vehicle to to invest in Bitcoin. I mean, you have a few. You have Galaxy, I guess. You have Voyager, which, if you look at those stocks, are actually running up a bit more than some of the aforementioned defi tokens um so that that I think will also be a, a boon for the stock
1: yeah uh, one thing i wanted to quickly touch on and i'm curious about your opinion on this as well is um you know we we now know that 96% of coinbase's revenue is just from transaction fees and we also know that coinbase relatively overcharges compared compared to their competitors, right? Like you look at Kraken, Bitstamp and some other exchanges and they all charge way less, um, especially for the retail guys. Coinbase just overcharges a lot there. And uh, so I'm kind of wondering, like, what do you think about fees being, you know, long-term sustainable or what will actually end up happening when, when the fees start compressing for the entire market, not just for Coinbase. Like right now, people are willing to pay those fees because they see the upside. But when the market comes down, um, is this going to be something that's sustainable? And when it's not, you know, what is Coinbase going to do with, you know, the, the revenues would likely just take a big hit.
0: It's a good question. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Coinbase follows the path of Robinhood in a sense mm-hmm. and offers maybe, um, you know, more superior features and tiers for users that those folks will pay like a subscription. Um, a, you know, a reoccurring subscription fee to use. So maybe we saw Coinbase roll back their margin product. They're working with the necessary regulators to get that back up and running. I think they had 3x margin available before they kind of sunset that, that feature. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, six months, a year down the road, once they figure that out with the regulators, they relaunch that and maybe offer something akin to a Coinbase Gold. Um, Robinhood has their Robinhood Gold feature. I think you use it, Larry. Um, And maybe they uh, make money through that. That could be one optionality. Um, Maybe they work with other derivatives platforms to bring crypto options. When Robinhood launched their crypto options within the first few weeks, it was a gangbuster product that they made a lot of money from. That's literally how they make the majority of of their payment for order flow revenues from its options trading. So if they can get ahead of the curve um, in terms of rolling out some sort of, you know, proper margin subscription product options, they'd be the first, you know, big player in the U S to, to offer um, options outside of CME. That could be another um, revenue opportunity, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would argue that fees are not going to compress um, they definitely are, and I know for sure, you know, based on my sources at Coinbase, that they're trying to figure out new sort of ways to do pricing. Maybe incorporate to some degree a a crypto version of payment for order flow. They're definitely looking at new incentive structures and schemes to um, bring um, you know different types of liquidity providers on board, and, and maybe those liquidity providers will kick up rebates, like how we see in, um, traditional markets. So, so I think there are, are some opportunities on the table. And then of course there's also the the prime business, right? I would be curious to know what the fees on that look like and if Coinbase is the only, you know, provider out there, right? If, if it's yeah. really Coinbase and I guess Nidig to an extent, I, I feel like those fees might, um, maybe take a little bit longer to suppress if they're sort of the preeminent or not preeminent, but the sort of paramount um, provider of these, you know, treasury allocation services, those fees might be a little bit more stubborn to decrease. But I mean, this is all kind of speculation. Um, I don't know exactly if this is what will play out, but uh, that's just one thought off the top.
1: Yeah, um, I I guess like a question for you, you know, let's say that this does list that and trades at 100 billion valuation. Like, would this be something that you want to get exposure to yourself versus like get exposure to Bitcoin? Or is this more for the more traditional guys, like you said, that are a little bit more risk averse?
0: I mean, if you look at the activity on the secondary that we've seen on Nasdaq private market, um, there is a lot of interest in snapping up these shares pre-IPO. Um, they've done four secondaries. I don't know if that was what what they wanted to do when they sort of kick, kick that market off on Nasdaq Private. I don't know if they wanted to do this many, but every week we've seen over 100,000 shares trade hands and tons and tons of bids placed for extremely large orders. We're talking, you know, $50 million orders. So the folks that are on the buying side of those trades, are going to be the large institutions, the large asset managers of the world. You look at a company like BlackRock that took three years for their CEO to get comfortable with with Bitcoin. And he's like, all right, I finally get it. It's not necessarily money laundering, like he said in 2017. Far more easier um, for a firm like BlackRock um, to allocate to public shares of a crypto company like Coinbase than it is for them to have the parameters in place to purchase Bitcoin themselves or create a fund tied to Bitcoin. Um, That could happen eventually, but, you know, it's going to be just far more easier to buy Coinbase. And it's interesting when you looked at the the letter from Armstrong in that Mm -hmm. S1, he was pretty open about um, the business and and how this is a long term investment and you you know you'd be lucky to break even in the short term or rather the company is lucky to break even in the short term they kind of have these up years these these big down years and hopefully come out of it break even um, yeah. so it, it's 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 a volatile play so I, I'm sure that'll keep some folks out um, but it, it's definitely. The the closest thing you can get to to Bitcoin, if it's 90 some odd percent transactional, when Bitcoin Mm -hmm. does well, when it's trading, when it's trading, you know, in a really nice range, um, Coinbase is going to make money. Um, Right. I mean, like, I'd be curious what you think, like, to what degree does investing in would investing in Coinbase be similar to just buying Bitcoin itself?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I think. I think it's going to be like super connected, right? Like we already see if it's something like MicroStrategy, which, you know, doesn't even like it, this business is not entirely based on Bitcoin. It has a ton of Bitcoin on balance sheet, but it is already trading like Bitcoin in, in, in some way. So when Bitcoin goes down, the stock, you know, usually goes down as well. And so I I personally don't really know if I can justify it. Like maybe, you know, if you want to kind of play the first, um, mania of people wanting to get exposure, but but in my opinion, for retail people, it always be better to just get exposure to you know one of these cryptocurrencies directly. Um, and and I think it's also just much more liquid, right? Like you you look at the secondary markets on Coinbase, yeah, it'll be liquid, but it's not going to be as liquid as as something like Bitcoin, or Ethereum on, on these exchanges, mm-hmm. mostly offshore. So I'm personally not uh, that excited by it myself. Uh, like I said, maybe initially, but not long term, um, but I think you know to your point, there's a lot of institutional demand. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to to ask is, you know, the, we we've heard rumors last year that Coinbase is going to do something like fun with their uh, equity. I, I heard rumors personally that uh, Coinbase will do um, well tokenize some of the equity on on Ethereum. Um, I think you've heard something similar as well. It doesn't seem like they are going that route, uh, which is like somewhat disappointing. It would be interesting if they did something like novel and and something new. Um, but do you think something like that, it it can still possibly happen or, or is that, is that just going to be the good old regular equity offering?
0: That's a really good question. I haven't heard anything about some sort of token component to this deal. So that, that'll be something that we should be hitting up our sources about in the next couple of days to see, okay, is this going to be just a straight direct listing Um, There's nothing in the S1 that mentions anything about some sort of parallel token offering. Um, I remember when I think back two, three years ago, talking to sources about this, this was something that was kind of like a a dream of Coinbase, which was to offer like a tokenized version of their stock. Um, I guess we might see something like that eventually, but not clear if that's going to be in the, in the short term, uh, an opportunity for folks. Right. But it's been interesting. And we're going to keep, keep watching this closely. Hopefully this serves as like a really, you know, quick, easy to digest, um, overview of everything that we've been looking at over the past feels like four days, but it's been like four hours. Um, and we will have you on again soon, Mr. Larry
1: appreciate that appreciate the invite that uh, doesn't come off yeah
0: I know well you know uh it's it's intimidating uh, <laughs> interviewing someone so prolific
1: <laughs> all right thanks for having me Frank yeah
0: no worries we've had great guests you're definitely at the top talk to you soon